This is Crackers Radio, feel good music for the soul. This is Crackers Radio, feel good music for the soul. This is Crackers Radio, feel good music for the soul. This is Crackers Radio, feel good music for the soul. This is Crackers Radio, Crackers Radio, where where? Crackers Radio. Feel good music for the soul, for the soul, for the soul, for the soul, for the soul. Full, fat, soulful goodness. This is Crackers Radio. Dave Regan, Regan, Dave Regan, Regan, Crackers Radio. On Crackers Radio. It ain't nothing but a soul thing. Good evening, it's Monday night, it's 10 o'clock, I'm Dave Regan, this is Digger's Delight, tonight a very special Digger's Delight, uh, extended until 1 o'clock in the morning, and tonight we pay tribute to Joe Tarsia, who sadly passed last week, the founder of Sigma Studios, and a man generally regarded as the main developer of The Sound of Philadelphia. Tonight, three hours, a special Philadelphia. On August 5th, 1968, Quaker Sound Studios opened for business at 212 North 12th Street, Philadelphia. The owner, Joe Tarsia, invited a couple of acquaintances to try out his new place. So, writer-producers Kenny Gamble and Leon Huff brought in a rhythm section made of Ronnie Baker, Norman Harris, Earl Young, Bobby Eli, Larry Washington, and Lenny Pakula for a test session. Three songs were recorded, We Don't Need No Music for the Landslides, as well as Ghetto Woman and Rover Rover for Ruth McFadden. After listening to the playbacks, Kenny Gamble simply said, Sounds great, Joe, we'll use it. And the sound of Philadelphia was born.
contributions from all sorts of people throughout the evening. It's a three-hour special all the way up to one o'clock in the morning. We're going to celebrate Mr. Joe Tarsia, the Sigma Sound Studios, and the sound of Philadelphia. I ran away from home and from everything I had ever known I was sick and tired Living in a town filled with narrow minds and hate They used to laugh at me Their children called me names I would run and hide Feeling so ashamed just for being born I was just a boy punished for a crime that was not mine. Life ain't so easy when you're a ghetto child. Oh baby, life ain't so easy when you're a ghetto child. No one tried to understand. Born and sold by those who can well afford Time to make believe childhood dreams can still come true uh-huh. So I've been wondering Traveling all around, guess it ain't my style To live in just one time, still I'll never know Why a child is blamed, ridiculed and shamed, we're We're going to be hearing from all sorts of people involved with the sounds of Philadelphia over the next three hours. Here's Mr. Vince Montana. What is the sound of Philadelphia? 
Oh my God. I can get into a million different things and it wasn't one or two people that really started it. It was basically the singers, the rhythm section, Sigma Sound, the engineers, the way they placed the microphones, the way they would uh, 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 record the sound of the drums.
international records there are so many good groups coming out of philadelphia back in the day including those guys ted the wizard mills and the guys from blue magic welcome to the club let's hear from mr bunny sigler what is the philly sound i'm asked that everywhere i go what is the philly sound the philly sound came from a group of people that were together it was it was us writing the songs then we went in the studio with the musicians who played all of the music and uh, then it came to the studio, who had a certain sound, just like we hear about Motown, that I heard you t- ask somebody earlier about the, the, the movie they had on Motown. 
They didn't talk, they talked about the musicians, but they didn't talk about the equipment that they used. There was certain equipment they used to get a certain sound, and that's what, that's where Sigma Sound came in. They had, uh, they had when, when they sat down to do a session, they had a sound on Ronnie Baker on the bass, had a sound on Norman Harris on the guitar, Roland Chambers on his guitar, uh, Lenny Bacool on the, whatever he played, Earl Young, they had, they had the sound. So they didn't have to say, well, how do we get this guy's sound? They do so many sessions.
It wasn't just, as I say, Philadelphia International, though. So many other groups were touched by the Sigma Sound Studio. Here's Mr. Bill Hart from the Delphonics. See, every song that, I, that I've heard that come out of Philadelphia had an aura around it that had, had beautiful orchestration and beautiful string lines and bells and those type of things. And, it, and beautiful lyric structure, um, and, and beautiful hooks, you know what I mean? Like, uh, never gonna give you up no matter What a beautiful song, what a beautiful song. I would describe the sound of Philadelphia as absolute class. 
to the man Do you see these tears here in my eyes? Ain't no use in me lying Cause I really cry You think you're gonna take me And put me on the shelf Girl, I'd rather die than see you With somebody else So throw it out of your mind to the man My friends all say that I'm a fool And you're using me like a carpenter uses a tool And I know that intentions are all there would help me if they could But I'll never Give my down to it. 
and the Delphonics and when you get right down to it. So what did uh, Mr. Joe Tarsier think of the Philly sound himself? In the uh, early 60s through the 70s, there were really three basic sounds in, in soul music. We had, uh, I like to call it, uh, not, not uh, being critical, but uh, I like to call Motown sort of like black bubblegum. And, and I think if you're on real soul music, you're talking about Memphis. And when I, I, kiddingly, I refer to, to Philadelphia as being uh, soul music in a tuxedo. I mean, it, it was lush strings and horns and, and uh, big productions. And uh, that, that's my characterization.
Tuxedo, Lou Rawls, and what's the matter with the world? And this is Dick Jensen. Smooth soul coming out of Philly. New York City is a lonely town, and the one you love not around.
Mr. Billy Paul, one of the first artists to uh, put down some tracks in the new Sigma Sound studio built by Joe Tarsia, uh, are very highly regarded by Leon Huff and Kenny Gamble. In fact, let's have hear a little story from Mr. Leon Huff about a particular song. Well, you know, the best songs are real stories, but that story is that story played out in front of me and Gamble's eyes because me and Gamble used to have a restaurant we used to eat eat, eat uh, before we wrote. It was right downstairs from the offices. We used to eat in there practically every day. So I knew this guy from, from Camden. I said, I said, Gamble, I know that guy there, you know, and uh, I knew that wasn't his wife. And, but the way, the way it played out was uh, they didn't meet every day. Because me and Gamma ain't there every day. Because we, we hook up every day. Once we started writing, me and Gamma wrote every day. Uh, soon I get off, soon we get off from work, our day gigs, we hook up and write. So, but when we got a chance, when the music started taking care of itself, then I could, I was, you know, when, when we started making a little money, then we could dedicate time, then we would meet every morning. Like, and uh, they come in, sit at the same table, and, um, She'll go over to the jukebox, and she'll play the same song. But that's how, uh, how uh, focused me and Gamble was on that. So I said, Gamble, I said, I said, yeah, said, yeah, okay, you know. And uh, and, and when it was when the time after they ate and and uh, get ready to leave the restaurant, she'll go her way and he'll go his way, and that's the way the lyrics was was written. And um, and. And we wrote that story as we seen it, you know. But Gamble, you know, he uh, improvised on the story, you know. But it, it became it, it became a natural story. But um, I remember sitting around trying to figure out which name to call them. That that was the funny part of it. I said, "What should we name the characters?" So uh, we had a whole list of names: Smith, Johnson, 
you know, all in all in names. I wouldn't even telephone book to try to find names, you know. But the name that stuck out was Jones, you know, that that had a ring to it. So we end up using this Jones. But you know, when we was doing the track, you know, Billy Paul, he was he was the different artist on our roster. He was more jazz orientated and that's the way I played it, you know, listen to the way the chord progressions is and the syncopation is like much different than an artist like Teddy Pendergrass, you know. Billy was different. And um, well, I remember being in the studio listening to the playback, the track. I was like, well, yeah, okay. But what, what was happening was it was so different that uh, it grew on me. But it became a huge record, you know. The story must have related somehow, you know, but Billy was one of our, one of our most f favorite different artists. You know, we was doing different stuff with Billy Paul. So me and Mrs. Jones, that record took off. That's another thing about our artists. They were creative in their own right. They knew their voices, you know. And we made that break and Billy hit that note and um, did that riff. That that was like, uh, well, uh, you know, when we were writing it, of course, you, mostly all the singers listened to Gamble. When we come in, when it's time for our artists to come in and we're going to present them with the songs that we prepared for them, they're going to be listening to Gamble singing the songs on the tape. So Gamble's going to be singing some good stuff too that they can learn from. So when Billy heard that, when Gamble did that, me, but he did it his way, you know. He made it his signature song, but the actual riff came from Gamble. We got a 
And you heard Leon Huff mention Teddy P in that interview earlier. We'll be hearing from Teddy P in just a couple of minutes, right after we hear from this lady. Just friends, enter with me now and then. Oh. 
1979 for the lovely lady that was Jean Khan and was that all it was? We haven't heard from this guy yet, but uh, should we find out how Teddy P got to be a member of the Blue Notes? Let me see if I can remember back that far. When I first became a member of the Blue Notes, uh, I was a drummer and uh, I joined a group first as a drummer, as a percussionist. And at the time, the group was doing uh, hotel lounges, uh, Playboy clubs, uh, Las Vegas, the circuit, what they call the hotel pop circuit. Uh, so we were doing a lot of show tunes, a lot of standards, uh, just a little bit of whatever was popular for the day, as well as a little bit of oldies from the 50s. We had a, a broad variety of uh, songs that we did. Uh, but basically, it was just a mixture of uh, show tunes, oldies, and popular songs of the day. Well, how did it change? It changed uh, drastically. Uh, because between the time I joined and uh, the time we met up with Gavin Huff, I went from becoming, from being the drummer to being the lead singer, all in the same, uh, within the same group. So I used to sing while I was on the drums because uh, a lot of the time the group would be a little late coming to shows. So uh, the band would hit and we would start the shows. So I would take over the lead parts and I would sing some of the lead parts. So as a result of doing that, that's when Harold discovered that I truly had a gift to sing, which I had done previously to playing the drums. I was a singer anyway. Drums was my second love next to singing. So there was a time where I had decided, and it happened in the French West Indies, I remember it clear. Um, I thought that I was tired of playing drums. I wanted to go back to singing. So Harold convinced me to stay with the group and become the lead singer of the Blue Notes. So I figured, well, that's as good a start as any, rather than go back home and create a whole new group and start all over again. So I just moved from the drums and moved up front. I just changed roles, which was great, which was great. I got a chance to tell the guys in the band what to do now, you know, from being told what to do. So it was great. It was a great change. It was one of those times in my life that, um, for me, marked a significant uh, direction towards um, what it is I really wanted to do in life. Uh, I just wanted to be a part of music any way I could, but uh, to actually become the lead singer meant that uh, I was doing what it was I really wanted to do. Maybe then they'll listen 
to what you have to say They're the ones who's coming up And the world is in their hands When you teach the children To jump the very best can The world won't get no better If we just let it be na, 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 na. The world won't get no better We gotta change it now Just you and me up all the doctors make the old people well they're the ones who suffer and who catch all the hair but they don't have so very long before their judgment day so won't you make them happy before they pass away wake up all the builders time to build a new land I know we could do it if we all lend a hand The only thing we have to do is put it in our minds Surely things will work out, they do it every time The world won't get no better If we just let it be no, 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 no.
street of color Everybody We need each other Wake up everybody No more sleeping in bed No more backward thinking Time for thinking ahead All the teachers start to teach a new way They're the ones that suffer Each and every day Teach the children Teach the baby Teach the babies Teach the children
and the blue notes before he went on that a massive solo career the thing we're doing a show like this is it's not so much you uh, try and work out what to play it's what what, what you don't play the, the range the library is just so huge and there's so many different types of music as well is mr bobby eli see what he has to say about uh and let me say norman harris uh, I would say Norman Harris's arrangements really typified the Philadelphia productions which were more, shall we say, disco-oriented. You know, first choice, uh, double exposure, and uh, Norman's Harris, Norman Harris's strings were heavily syncopated, you know, to the point of maybe being a little busy, but it kind of worked within a context of, of disco music, you know. I think most of the bigger records associated with disco at the time were arrangements that were done by Norman Harris.
uh, Cheetahs Never Win from the Love Committee. We have a feature that we do on Diggers Delight every Monday night. We call it North of the Gap, where we get in the car, we drive up the M1, and we head in a sort of northerly direction and pick out some tunes that have been much more appreciated by a northern soul crowd. Thought I might have to give it a miss this, this week, but no, I found three great Philly tracks that have just got such a taste of North here is north of the gap. Ooh, ooh, are you trying to impress that fancy makeup and fancy dress? Remember, baby, you put me down, and now you look just like the circus clown. Romance. I'll just 
us this week's North of the Gap, staying with the Philadelphia sound. The OJ's I Dig Your Act, the Delphonics Loving You, and Soul Brother Six, I'll Be Loving You. Three great tracks, North of the Gap for another week. We're back to normal next week. We'll do it all again. We'll pull out three rare grooves and we'll take you up the M1 going north of the Gap. Back to the Philly story, um, back to hearing from Mr Gamble and Mr Huff and the work they did with uh, a group that you don't generally associate with Philadelphia but you really should. Down the road some brothers, some young brothers from Gary, Indiana came down. Mm. Mm-hmm. They're known as the Jacksons. Well, they were known by the Jacksons, but you're kind of, you know, yeah. it's some fake and niggling there. Yeah. How was that experience? Let's start with that. Well, enjoy yourself. I've had that title, Enjoy Yourself. And we wrote that song because um, the Jacksons were, um, they were signing with Epic Records. And uh, we had tried to get them, but Epic outbidded us on them. And um, the funny part, we was working with Epic in Columbia at the same time, so they were they was like our competition. Interesting, you know. And uh, so when we finally worked with them, because we had known them from years ago when when they used to come to the Uptown Theater in Philly, and um, they were going through some changes because Jermaine wasn't with them. He had stayed with Motown, and the rest of them, you know, they left and went with uh, CBS. And um, they wound up with me and Huff, and uh, we wrote some good songs for them. And and uh, you far too much. Uh, yeah, we wrote some good tunes for them, and uh, <laughs> you know we're just getting to feel them out. We're just starting to feel them out a little bit, you know, because we were really busy at that time. We had the OJs, we had Teddy Pendergrass, we had uh, a Patty LaBelle. We had so many projects on hand. And, and this is when Teddy was uh, solo, right? Yeah, this is yeah. when he was solo. This is around 77. Yeah. Somewhere around there, 77, the Jacksons came. And uh, so with songs like Let Me Show You The Way To Go and mm-hmm. uh, and Think About The Good Times and... Mm. and uh, Got to find me a girl. Find me a girl. That was a good one, yeah. Wow. Yeah, that one, <laughs> that one came, uh, um, I Got To Find Me A Girl. Uh, one day me and Michael went up. He said, I got to get some sneaks, you know. So we walked up uh, to Chestnut Street. It was only a couple blocks away from us. And um, we went in a store. Him. He was buying some sneaks. And I saw the crowd just growing outside the door. Sure. I mean, first it was three girls. Then it was 10. Then it was 20. Man, it must have been about 30, 40 people that was outside the door. And so um, when we was walking down, uh, Michael said, well, what should I do with these girls? I said, man, you got to snatch one of them girls, man. You know, I said, you got to find yourself a girl. So me and I, we wrote that. Uh, that's where it came from. Yeah, that's where that, 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 that title came from. Got to find me a girl. Just what I want I've been searching everywhere Can't seem to find a anywhere Could it be you? Could it be you? Could it be 
fantastic work Gamble and Huff did with the Jacksons of course or the Jackson 5 as they were in the Motown days let me show you the way to go one other uh, person who benefited greatly and contributed massively to the Sigma sound and the sound of Philadelphia is this guy Mr. Tom Moulton well the best way the the best way I can describe it is I've been in enough sessions at Sigma and I've I mean, I don't know anybody else who's heard more tapes than I have from Sigma. I'm going back from 68 on, from when Sigma first started. Um, the, mo- the difference between, like, Motown, it's, like, very tight, very precise, and it's, like, you know, there's no room for musicians being a musician. In other words, it's like everything is is strict and tight like a Tommy Bell session would be. And the Philadelphia sessions are loose. And what happens is is they is they run it down, they run it down and everyone's playing and all of a sudden it starts to lock. And then Earl or somebody will say, "Okay, I think we should let let's let's take one." And then they, they, they do a few takes and you can hear how this thing, it's like a living thing that's constantly moving and twisting. It's something you feel. You can feel it and people always say, oh man, that Philadelphia sound is like 
there's a soul to it. Of course it's a soul because it's alive. It's not metered. It's, 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 a, it's a live thing. But it's the combination of the guys playing together that to create the tempo and the feel. It's that you can't put it on one person. It's the combination of them. And I don't know any other place that has that magic. Because it is a magic. It really is. But I think in Philadelphia, they had the time to be able to do that. Where most of these other studios, it was like, turn them out, turn them out, turn them out. And you never got that feeling out of a Philadelphia record. It was always like, hey man, we'll get it, we'll get it, we'll run it down. And I think it was a looser type atmosphere. But, but the, I mean, you can't beat those tracks. I mean, they're, they're, I think they're the greatest tracks in the world.
When the strings of my heart Gonna have a few more contributions From Mr Tom Moulton 
up so much good work with the Philly sound. So many great mixes. Yeah. 
Special Digger's Delight taking us through till one o'clock today. Featuring and paying tribute to Mr. Joe Tarsia who passed last week, Sigma Studios and the sound of Philadelphia. Taking you through to one. Just going to feature loads and loads of really good tracks in the last hour.
garbage in the trash bin won't strike. I'm talking about the maintenance people for the city. What they were trying to do was they were trying to get a little more money, you know, get a little raise and pay. But at that particular time, the city was broke. They were about ready to declare default. I tell you, the garbage in some places was stacked up two, three stories high. At night, <laughs> boy, at night it wasn't even safe to walk the street. You see, because the rats, the roaches, and the water bugs. I mean, they were hustling, baby, trying to get something easy. And let me tell you something, it was stinking, boy. And it was all kind of disease in there, you know. But it only brought to mind the fact that you can no longer depend on the man downtown to take care of business like he's supposed to, when he's supposed to. In order for us to get it like it's supposed to be, as far as cleanliness, you know, and safety, we got to get together and do it for ourselves. That's the only way it's going to be done. You know what I'm talking about? Let me tell you what I mean.
International All-Stars cleaning up the ghetto. It's coming up to half past 12 on a Monday night, Tuesday morning. 30 minutes to go before it's time for me to get out of here. I've still got so much good stuff to play.
we've heard a few tracks from them over the course of this evening but let's face it they are philadelphia legends the ojs and let life flow something a little different lifted off the 40th anniversary box set of pir
Junior, that's called Sonsea in brackets, the infinite hourglass. Back to the more traditional Philly sound. Just not as strong as it once was Every time I see it weaken It makes me want to cry Oh, what a shame Cause another home's falling apart Oh, what a shame Another group of broken hearts It's not a secret We all know That it's slipping away Don't let it go No, don't you let it go It is the only true foundation On which we can survive Don't be afraid Cause you gotta take a final stand Don't be afraid Gotta try to understand Bring the family back Bring it back together Bring the family back Bring the family back Bring it back together Together Bring the family back Bring it back together Bring the family back There's also the children The future's quickly coming their way How it will be Oh, tell me, how do you think it will be? Well, they all join hands together And live in harmony Oh, what a shame If we don't get together fast Oh, what a shame Bring the family back 
Still got a load of tracks that I pulled out to play and we're not going to get them all in, so... But I'm going to play one or two maybe that you don't necessarily associate with the Philly sound. But trust me, that's where they came from.
classic Barbara Mason track. Being given the treatment well and truly by Mr. Tom Moulton. Yes, I'm ready. And I'm about ready to call it a night. It's coming up to one o'clock. We've had three hours of fun. We've had some great, great tracks. I hope you've enjoyed it along the way. I hope there's something that you've particularly enjoyed. If you want to catch up, you can do. www.crackersradio.com Hit the catch up button and you'll find the show there along with all the shows from all the other presenters. If you want to download it and take it away, it's gardencitysoul.podbean.com and you can download it there and take it in the car if you want, whatever you like really. until next week, we'll get back to normal next week. Normal two hours of Diggers Delight, Rare Grooves and Collectibles. Have a blindingly good week. And all being well, I'll see you next Monday at 10 o'clock for another edition of Diggers Delight. In the meantime, we're going to play out with the Dells. And somebody's got to move.
disagree There's no harmony There's no compassion I just can't take it I can't take it anymore It's time for us to say goodbye for your company and hope you have enjoyed yourself. We encourage your comments and do have a safe journey home and a nice day tomorrow. Good night. Now buzz off. <laughs> <laughs>